but we see that at least one man is a testament to where their minds may have been. Because his mind was far away from these important truths Jesus was telling them that they needed to hear. His mind was on wealth. Oh, if Jesus could just help me get my brother's inheritance. Oh, man, I wonder what I'd spend it on. Oh, man, well, you know, Jesus is definitely going to help me. Because my brother is being selfish. I deserve part of that inheritance. And next thing you know, all of those amazing truths Jesus was teaching were missed. Because then he goes to Jesus and says, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But before we say how ridiculous of this man, was he not listening to Jesus? What he said? Don't worry about the body. It's good for us to realize how God could say that same thing to us so often. How ridiculous. Don't you hear what I'm saying to you? Sunday after Sunday, Bible reading after Bible reading, God gives us these spiritual truths that we must hear. But where do our minds so often go so quickly? Right afterwards. Right back to the world. Right back to our things. Right back to our worries. We pray for spiritual blessings every time we say the Lord's Prayer in six of seven petitions, but right afterwards, it's right back to just the fourth petition. What's God going to give me in this life? What's the next meal? Whatever it is. And yeah, preacher, I get it. I'm right with God. No need to worry, yada, yada, yada. But when is God going to give me that money I really need right now? When is he going to take away this nagging trouble from my life? This parable that Jesus speaks to this man tonight is not just to him, but to all of us. Because just like this man, we so often forget what Jesus had just been preaching to these people. Don't worry about the body. The very hairs on your head are numbered. If God cares for the sparrows, he'll care for you. But then we get home from worship and suddenly it's all about what do I want to worry about next? What's going to bring me real happiness, real success and fulfillment? Jesus' parable tonight is a stern and bold warning against a dangerous enemy to our faith, greed. In all kinds of ways, in all parts of life. Greed that tries to convince us of a lie that this life consists of abundance of possessions and oh, how it entangles us. We wouldn't come out and say it. Of course, we'd say God's our number one, but our lives don't look like that. We so often act like this lie that a life consists in all the things around us is gospel truth. Where do our minds so often go in the middle of a sermon or in the middle of a Bible reading? Is it on the spiritual truths of God or is it about the things that so often want to be on our minds or the earthly things? Or how often do we rate God's goodness to us based off the physical things of this life? Brothers and sisters, we must repent. We must recognize this Ash Wednesday that there is danger in greed. 
There is, we should hear a voice screaming, danger, danger, to the, toward that lie that life consists in this world and in an abundance. Because scripture tells us again and again how utterly dangerous, spiritually, eternally dangerous, greed is. It's idolatry, it says. It must be put to death. Jesus says it comes from the heart and it defiles us. And so Jesus says to the man in that crowd, Man, who made me arbiter or judge between you? What makes you think, as I've been saying, it's not about the body, but about the soul, that I'm here to fix all your worldly riches and problems? And then he says, a danger, danger of his own to that man and us. He says it this way. Watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. When Christ tells us to watch out, we do well to listen. And so we listen to his parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced an abundant harvest. A rich man, Jesus tells us. Someone who's already gotten abundance and then he has this great harvest. So God did that. A good harvest is from him. So God gives an abundance on top of the abundance he already had. But we don't hear a hint of thanks for God. But rather, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And we hear no hint of sharing his wonderful excess of grain. Instead, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. Oh, and then life is just going to be good. And this seems almost prudent, doesn't it? He's getting what's his. And he's making sure it's secure for his future. And what a life is ahead of him. So how shocking it must have been for this man to suddenly have God appear and say, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Greed and its vicious cycle had severely infected this man. Because greed, it blinds us to what this life really consists of. This world's lie that everything, that life consists in what's around us. And how confident this man was in his idols, his riches. He said, what a life of taking it easy and drinking and eating and merriment lies ahead of him. But that couldn't change what was coming. This bright future of all these things, this future that he thought was so secure was demanded back from him because his life was God's to begin with. We'd be dust without his breath of life. Greed like this, putting our hope in the things of this life, hide the truth that we focus on this Ash Wednesday evening. That we'd be nothing without his love without his gift of life. God could say to you tonight, 
this very night, your life is demanded back from you. What will he find you doing? What will you be living for? Where will your priorities lie? Will it be as it so often is, running after the abundance of this world and everything it has to offer? Why do we so often act like that's where it lies? And that's why we must recognize on this Ash Wednesday that death is a reality. The daunting and utterly heartbreaking news in Turkey these last couple weeks has been a sobering reminder that death is a reality. That's real. Maybe you're like me and you don't even want to think about it. The pain and the anguish going on over there, the death, the broken families, the tears. Over 40,000 people dead who went to bed that night and the prospect of death didn't even cross their minds. It didn't matter what was in their homes. It didn't matter who was in their homes. It didn't matter what their bank account said. That couldn't save their lives. It's a sobering reminder that death at any time is a reality for unbeliever and believer, for old and young, for rich and poor. And life is so clearly not sustained by the things all around us. And so Jesus said to this man, or God said to him in the parable, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? What could your possessions possibly do when your life is demanded? And then Jesus explains, this, this death without hope, is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. This Ash Wednesday, we must be deeply aware of our complete need and reliance on God for everything, for this life, for our possessions, for our loved ones. And we must repent for all the times we've acted like life depended on anything else, for all the times we've put our security elsewhere, all the times we've put our hope in these things. Because right there, in that repentance, in that recognition of our frailty and our need for God, that's where the true abundance is. That's where the real riches toward God are. You want rest like this man thought he had in his things? Then go to Jesus, who says to you, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You want real joy? Unlike the joy that greed just can't get enough of and always wants more, then let's pray. 16. You, God, make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. 
repentance. Complete and total reliance on God. Maybe it's not the most attractive option. Maybe it's not the thing the world or your greed is going to encourage you toward. But right there, in that humility, in that recognition of need for God, in that guilt of our sin, begins life, true life. Because that's where the true abundance is. Romans 5 quite literally says this. Where sin abounded, grace superabounded. Here in the depths of our guilt and the recognition of our need and in the recognition of death, even death at any time, and even in suffering, we can know what the truth says in 2 Corinthians 1, for just as we abound in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds in Christ. He faced death by choice to save us from death. He faced death by choice, showing us that it wasn't about the abundance of his things or his glory, but about his love for you and me. He loved us so much that he gave up everything for all the times we pursued everything else. Yes, life consists in an abundance. But it's the kind of abundance that we recognize. It's the kind of abundance that this testifies to. That without God, we are nothing. We are dust. But in that recognition, starts something beautiful. Starts true life. That's why it's in the shape of a cross. Because though we are nothing, Christ has given us everything. True life. The dust returns to the ground it came from, but the Spirit returns to God who gave it. You fool? No. You who God has made wise. Because, yes, you who this very night could have death knocking at your door. But you, believer in Christ, will not receive what you worked for or labored over or pursued constantly, but rather will hear Jesus say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you, since the creation of the world. Life consists in an abundance. God's abundant grace for you. In Christ, amen. Now let's stand and confess our faith and our reliance on God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who brought the gift of salvation to all people by his death on the tree of the cross, who overcame us by a tree would in turn by a tree be overcome. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Lord God, you are worthy to receive thanks and praise from all people. You created the world and all who live in it, and in your mercy you saved us. We give thanks to you for the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. Though in very nature God, he took the nature of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He offered himself as a sacrifice for sin and redeemed us from its curse and penalty. He rescued us from the terrors of death and restored eternal life with you. He conquered our enemies and gained for us the kingdom of grace and glory. Bless us as we receive your Son's body and blood and lead us to remember his suffering, death, and resurrection. Forgive our sins and fill us with the hope of new life in heaven. Hear our praise and receive our thanks as we worship you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Come, for all is now ready.
Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.